and welcome back to the blunt and the base. And I just want to say happy Mardi Gras. Hello. Um, I know that you guys are going to be hearing this on Thursday, but we record this on Tuesday and I am from South Louisiana. So if you're watching on Rumble, yes, I'm obnoxiously dressed in my Mardi Gras dress. <laughs> uh, so I just want to say happy Mardi Gras to all of my fellow Mardi Gras. Uh, and today is a super awesome episode yes. because we have uh, asked my friend Matt uh, to share his story and uh, kind of uh, tell us why uh, his story has uh given him the courage to speak out and help others, especially children. So um, I'm going to let you take it off, Matt. All right. Uh, where do you want me to start? You know, like when so I was just, young. Matt, and... just introduce yourself because if people okay. don't, I mean, I literally like went and like stalked your IG for like yeah, the last yeah. hour because um, I was familiar with you on TikTok. But then, yeah, like I said, we we get banned all the time. So I lose all the people that I like to follow. And then, mm -hmm. and I hadn't kept up with you. So I'm like super excited to right. have you here today, but tell people a little bit about, you know, who you are. Um, and then why you, cause you are a part of gays against groomers um, and kind of why your story, I guess, is so significant and your voice is so important right now um, in society. Not sure. So my name's Matt Ray. I'm a, I was born biological female. I transitioned into a male and I am now currently going through physical detransition. I am also the director of content for Gays Against Groomers. And the reason why the mission is so important to me is because I was lied to um, on my gender uh, transition journey. I was lied to and I have had terrible health issues from transitioning um, ever since I moved to the United States. And the fact that I'm an adult, I'm in my 30s, and I now have neurological problems, as well as uh, many other issues. It terrifies me for the children, because their brains haven't developed yet, their bodies haven't finishing developed yet. They have no true concept at the ages they're pushing it. I mean, they're saying two year olds, can identify as trans now they don't even know what gender is you know yeah. i thought i was a unicorn when i was two years old <laughs> we all thought we were something <laughs> that just is impossible and um so this really really matters to me and the way i look at it is if i can save just one child i will die happy so um you i feel like people like you are you you guys have you carry the most weight your voices are so important because you guys have experienced this firsthand um and i know that y'all are the ones too the detransitioners um are the ones that are getting some of like the biggest hate from like your own community for speaking out so i just want to say kudos to you for being brave enough for having the intestinal fortitude to be able to go out there and you know do this um, if you don't mind me asking, when did you personally like start your transitioning journey? Like, what would you say would be like your early, your earliest memory of, you know, being told that you were the wrong, you were born in the wrong body. And then how did that start? What did that look like for you? Because you were in, you're from Britain. Yes. Okay. So you were in, you know, Europe over there. So talk to me about what what did that look like? So I'm going to backtrack a little bit further just because the dysphoria came in first and okay. I actually went through medicalization um, when I reached an adult, but there was so much more that was with it before I reached that stage. So my first memory of, of having gender dysphoria was when I was five years old and uh, my mom, she took me clothes shopping and she took me over to the little girl section was putting me in dresses and things and i was looking over at the boys section and i was thinking why is she putting me in a dress i should be over there and it was such a weird feeling because i couldn't put it into words i didn't even know what gender dysphoria was then so in my mind it was like hey am i a boy and i'm in the wrong body and it was really confusing and so i brought that up to my parents and they did what any 
parent should do and basically said hey like you're okay you're just you're just young you're just feeling things like you might be a tomboy you, you know that's absolutely fine you don't have to wear girls clothes you can be a tomboy if you want and uh, at the time I was still really confused because it was just one extreme you know I had to it was like I'm in the wrong body I really could not understand it and so my childhood went pretty rough and uh, this conversation would be put up with my parents quite a lot throughout and it was only when I started reaching the teenage years and I was going through puberty that they started listening to me a bit more about it but they were still giving me the, the approach of you know I grew up in the 90s and it was taboo to even be gay back then um, people got bullied if they were even gay so to add the trans thing on top was nightmare fuel for me you know <laughs> like I was going to my I was Absolutely. very scared and so I was depressed a lot and uh, it got to a point where I, I started feeling suicidal when I turned around to them and I was like, look, I, I really think that like I'm in the wrong body. And they said to me, hey, look, like, again, you could be a tomboy and hey, you might even be a lesbian and that's okay too. And at the time, that didn't sound okay because there was a girl who would come out as a lesbian in my year group in school and she was being bullied like crazy for it. So it was it was really hard. And uh, I don't know whether there was some internalized homophobia there at the time because of that. But then again, that wouldn't make sense why I thought that I should have been in the other clothes. So there's like, it was a very confusing time and there wasn't a lot of um, knowledge on it back then either. You know, trans wasn't very heard of and gay was also looked down on at the time so it was it was a pretty rough time to grow up and then I started going to college and when I was in college that was that really weird phase where you could get shit for being gay but they might also applaud you for being gay it was that kind of in between before what it got like now when it was kind of like changing a bit and um that was a really interesting time for me too because I was around like you know 16 17 at this age and that's when I was like I need to start living for my for myself here so I finally came out I ended up being homeless for a while and uh, I'm, I ended up ruining my education because of it in college so I had to put my transition on hold for that went back finished my education and then when I reached adulthood uh, around it was when I was about 22 was when I started that journey. Now, in the UK, I don't know if it's different than America with how it starts, but you have to see your general practitioner first. And uh, there was only there's only one clinic in the UK that deals with transgenderism, and that's the Tavistock. And the Tavistock was where I had all my uh, gender reassignment, and that is also the clinic that recently got shut down for being unsafe for children. It was all over the news. I, so, read, I read the article yeah. about it, yeah. And uh, so there was a year waiting list before I had that appointment because it was the only clinic. But on terms of how fast it seemed after that initial step, it was quite a rapid succession. So the, the first appointment was meant to be the psychiatric side of it, you know. And I was kind of disappointed in a way with it because when they used to, when I used to research this stuff before I actually reached the point to prepare myself, I was told I'd be given quite a grilling um, to make sure that I was making the right choice. And I don't feel like I was given any questions really that would make me question whether it was the right decision. It was more questions like, uh, are you in a relationship? Because a lot of trans people can struggle to find partners. So it was the questions like that, but nothing that would get the cogs going, you know, is, is this the right thing for me? And then the next appointment after that was to get blood work done to see if I could handle testosterone. And this is where the lies began. Um, so they took my blood work and I went to the next appointment expecting to just hear that. Um, and they turned around to me on the day and they said, hey, uh, so your bloods came back. And did you know you're, you have 10 times more testosterone in your body than a biological woman should have? And this means that you're intersex. So me not having a clue about intersex or anything at the time, wouldn't have questioned it because your doctor's meant to tell you the truth. And so I, I that, if anything, my brain went, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's why I've been like I was. I found out last year from an expert in DSDs that that is not how you check for intersex at all. And that if they were doing a thorough investigation to see if I was, they would have had to do multiple different tests, including physical. They read my blood work and told me from that. So I could have had polycystic ovary syndrome or something like that. And instead of 
making me aware of these things, they basically made me think that the solution was transition because, hey, I'm intersex, right? That makes a lot of sense now. No wonder I was so confused as a kid. So I have this thing now where I constantly look back and wonder if I'd have been told the medical proof, you know, because I, I know I felt like I did, but if I'd have seen some medical proof that there could have been something else wrong with my body, I honestly believe I would have gone down that route. Like PCOS, because yes. that is something where women will find that they have higher testosterone levels. Yeah. Um, that's incredibly disheartening to hear that they lied to you like that. Like, I mean, about that to convince you to say, hey, yeah, mm -hmm. we got to take the next step. Like, I wonder, and that makes me think, I wonder how many other people they did the same thing to. I, I like reckon there's probably a lot. Said the same thing. Um, and it doesn't seem to be helpful. Like it wasn't to be helpful. It was literally to take your money and yeah. the money oh, yeah. that you were about to have to business. dish out. Like mm -hmm. they're like, you know, it's like me at, at the furniture company. You know what I mean? Like, why would I stop at a six ninety nine sofa? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I yep. want to keep on building up this ticket. Uh -huh. Like, I don't want it just to be, you know, oh, here, let's have some therapy, you know, and oh, lo and behold, you don't even decide to transition. Yep. Well, hold back a lot of funds that they could make if they do it like that. Like mm -hmm. they put it online that you're going to go through this grueling uh, um, interview and you're going to have to go through all these hoops just to get to where you want to be. But they just said that so all the words were right. And they yeah. could hide behind what they were saying online mm -hmm. and that these people and their experiences were not valid and that wasn't really happening. I mean, I found as well that um, they're not even honest about the side effects. Uh, one of my first appointments, they uh, they sat me down and they were like, so before you've come here today, have you researched what to expect with this transition as it's going on? And I was like, yeah, because obviously I was so fixated on it at the time. I, I felt like I had to change my body. I had to change my body. So I was constantly just searching things up. And uh, I'd heard that, you know, they told me that I'd be, three times more likely to have a heart attack. However, that would be the equivalent to a biological male. I found out since it's three times more likely than a biological male. And part of my health issues I was having was terrible heart palpitations. I mean, there was one night where I woke up at 3 a.m. feeling like my heart was squeezing. I thought I was having a heart attack in the middle of the night and I woke my wife up like just terrified, you know, like, but I was panicking. And because of this thing, you know, when my heart had got bigger and I only found that out because of uh, Pamela, the truthful therapist. She, she, when I told her what I'd been told, she went, that's a lie. You're three times more than a biological male. So even when they are giving people the medical information, they're not giving the full medical information. They're sugarcoating it. They're watering it down. So it sounds less impactful than what it actually is. And then one thing they really didn't warn me, which I struggled with quite a lot when I first started testosterone was they didn't tell me how much emotionally testosterone would change me at first i before starting tea if i got upset about it i would tend to cry whereas when i first started tea i was feeling anger and i'm not an angry person i'm i i it's not like me at all to be like that so i was feeling this alien emotional uh, emotion sorry and it was it was stressing me out so much because I was like, why am I like this? Why am I like this? And I would become irate and I was snapping at people and they'd be like, Matt, like what's going on with you? And then I'd be embarrassed. And they didn't warn me about any of this. And I, I should have thought about it. Really, you're putting a powerful hormone into your body. Of course, it's going to have some kind of side effect. But I was not told that. All they told me was it might give me a bit of acne. <laughs> there's there's so many things that they don't tell people and i've also learned from uh the health issues i have had the seizures um the fatigue the cystic acne the vomiting um and all the other neurological issues the hormonal epilepsy that i now have because of it they don't even know about that because i was gaslit by a gender a gender affirming doctor i posted the medical proof of my seizures um, because it got to a point where I was like, 
people aren't believing this is happening to kids and so you have to show them because some people won't believe something until they see it and i was like like i I, i've been having these seizures and i was like jude next time i have one just get the camera out because i'm sick of people saying this isn't happening and i don't want kids to suffer show them like it just get it out i don't care like i'll be vulnerable if it means helping these kids so i had a seizure she filmed it i posted my blood results from the doctors proving that all of this was because of testosterone a gender-affirming doctor from California had the nerve to comment on my video, calling me a liar and saying that it's completely safe. These kind of side effects don't happen from it, even though two doctors had already confirmed that, yes, it was the testosterone that had caused it. So what does that tell you? These people are quick to do this stuff, but they do not want any accountability for when it goes wrong. They do not want it. And the same thing happened to me. Because when I moved here to America, obviously, I'm going through immigration right now. So I don't have ins uh, insurance yet. So I had to find a clinic that would take a patient without insurance. And there's one local and uh, went down there. I'd already been on tea in England, obviously. So I showed my records there. And uh, she said, I've never dealt with this stuff before. And she got out her phone and she Googled how much testosterone to give me. But there was me thinking she had a patient portal or something to make the right decision. Uh, I get put on this tea. I then get incredibly sick within a year and find out I was overprescribed um, so much that the reserve that was left every time I took another shot was building up, making me sicker and sicker. And when Jude rang them up to get information, to get help for me, the woman denied ever seeing me and said, we don't do that here. And Jude had to force her to see that they did do that there. They did prescribe it. They tried to deny ever prescribing me it there. That is insane. Wow. <laughs> I know. And like, I know that, I mean, I know that it is worse in the States um, as far as like the process is concerned. There's a couple things that I'm like thinking about here. The accessibility, first of all, in the States, um, because the whole process here is different as far as like, Children basically, and I've done like deep dives into this. I've read books on it. I've read like the American Pediatric Association journals, a lot of the other medical journals. Like I've read at like the gender clinics. I um, lived in Cincy for three years. They have a huge gender clinic there. Um, so I read a lot about like the local stuff too at Cincy Children's and everything. They literally, this is what happens. And this is what is so scary. Cause like you talking about your side effects um and you were 22 when you started this you know yeah. you were at least an adult like you were a fully developed adult at that point um we're talking about children now that are as young as <laughs> god bless you six getting put on yep. um you know uh puberty blockers and but the the whole process is so easy for them. They literally take them to a gender clinic. You don't have to necessarily see like a, a pediatrician. You just say, yep. you know, my child is uh, showing gender nonconforming behavior. Technically, like in the books, it says, you know, you're supposed to have like a year of gender nonconforming behavior. What's yes. gender nonconforming behavior? It's all, you know, uh, whatever the parents I says look at that. Whatever it is that your parents want to say it is, you know, it's like, and I have young kids. I, you know, I have a 22 year old and then I have a seven and a five year old and my seven and five year olds are two different genders. They're one male, one female. So mm -hmm. children, children are children. They will use their imaginations. They will emulate. Um, if they spend a lot of time with like an older brother um, yep. they may have a lot of more tomboy, uh, qualities because of course they want to be like their brother or their older brother's yep. cool. They want to hang out with him. They want to do this and vice versa. You might get a lot of the different, I mean, you're going to get those patterns in kids because we are talking about children Yes. here. Um, but you can literally take your child to any clinic and say, yep, my kid's showing gender mm -hmm. non behavior you know it could be like the simplest thing and the most that it takes and this is rare because usually it's just one visit then they will automatically say all right let's move to the next step whatever the yep. next step is at that point and if it's starting like puberty mm -hmm. blockers or whatever it is um and the the 
most that I've heard as far as like the research is three visits. So you take a child, like a five-year-old who, what is gender to a five-year-old? Exactly. Um, <clears throat> and then you listen to a five-year-old self-diagnosing themselves, saying that, yes, I am trans. And then you let that child be in the driver's seat of their um, treatment for it, which is not mental because obviously yep. if the child thinks they're another general, that is a mental issue going on here. There's uh -huh. something in it is. And they're going to treat them with actual physical medical intervention, which is insane to me. And the biggest thing that they're talking about with like the kids, all the stuff you said is <clears throat> insanely scary to hear. Um, and we've heard some of this, like we, I don't know if you're familiar with Austin Unbridled, but we had, um, Austin <laughs> yes. And so, uh, we heard about all of the things that they're dealing with as far as like health wise, which is like a lot of similar stuff that you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, but what is so alarming to me is that now these kids are getting it. And one of the biggest things is bone density. They're yes. seeing bone density issues with puberty blockers. Yeah, with yeah. the puberty blockers. These are yeah. growing children. Evil. You think about what is the long-term impact going to be on a seven-year-old that started a puberty blocker with, and they've got all of these issues. You're talking about seven years old. Think about that. You, you're in your thirties now. So you've been on it for, um, you've been on, some type of medical intervention for what over 10 years now right i was I, well i my journey started in my 20s and i started the t at 25 so i was almost on it for about eight years before i started okay. and i have been off it now for about a year okay and i'm still about i suffered worse for coming off it because my body had been on it for so long that the withdrawal and part of my health issues is because of that it's 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 like you are a permanent medical patient it's insanity yeah, you are and, completely dependent on yeah. big pharma for the rest of Absolutely. your life yep. and, and, and it, you're talking about the issues that you're having and you've been you were on it for eight years think about you start a child at seven years old exactly take that child to 25 what kind what kind of damage has been done to that child's body how what is the life expectancy of a child like that what it can't be is, we're already I mean, seeing these floodgates open. I mean, look at Chloe Cole, right? She was 13 when she went on puberty blockers and testosterone. And then 15, they gave her a double mastectomy. And there are going to be a lot more Chloe Coles out there soon, infertile, you know? And this is where it becomes really dangerous as well, because what are the children? They are the future. If you sterilize the future, there isn't any future. And what really breaks my heart about all of this is if we even went back, say, less than even five years ago and told people what is happening right now, they would lose their minds. And that really goes to show the fall of society and how fast it has happened since COVID, I suppose, really. That's when things started yeah. to go really downhill. People have gone insane. Because mm -hmm. protecting innocent children is now seen as bigoted. Protecting innocent children is now seen as causing a genocide, which doesn't exist, by the way. There is no genocide. The genocide will be sterilizing the children. You are creating the genocide by doing this. Yeah. This is a great point that, you know, uh, predators will groom children. But these doctors are medically grooming children. Yes, it's are. almost like they're working hand in hand together uh, because one is getting one thing out of that. And then the doctors are getting the financial uh, end of that. You know, I, I think that's like a really good point to make is like, you know, uh, how harmful it is, not just not just like sexualizing children, but actually medicalizing them to the point where they're mutilating themselves uh, and forever being uh, sterile. Uh, and they brag about it too. Dr. Yeah. Gallagher, yeeting the teats, they brag about it. They're proud of what they're doing. That poor girl, that poor girl who the surgery got botched and she went viral 
Imagine how that poor young girl felt going viral because her top surgery was botched. And meanwhile, Dr. Gallagher's still praising about yeeting the teats. Like that, that woman and all these others need to be locked up. There is a special place in hell for these kinds of people. And the fact that not enough people are rallying to pull these people out of their positions also shows how much we've fallen because this is barbaric the, the, how they're doing these surgeries a young kid um, uh, a young boy died being given vaginoplasty why would you give a child vaginoplasty right, that's it's that these are demons they are. <laughs> they're demons that's that's they at are. the end of the day because i mean i look at kids and i'm like you know why would you want to harm a child exactly like th there is something like i and i 100 believe 100 believe they are possessed mm -hmm. with a, a darker side because there's just no way they there's no legion. way yeah it's demon it, language they yeah don't. it is but that's what to me is so hard for me to even comprehend i i can't even fathom why we have to have these conversations right now like why would anybody look at this and that's why i do a lot of videos showing um the what gender affirming surgeries look like because people don't ever do you know for me because like right whenever it started to like really blow up as like a social <laughs> contagion i tried to understand what kind of mindset someone would need to have to want to cut off healthy breasts, to yes. want to like yes. skin graft and like create, you know, a Franken penis. Like I tried to really understand it. So I went in deep into like, I wanted to see the surgeries. I wanted to see all of it. It's bad. And I show, I show as much as I can as pictures are concerned. People and people are like people will comment and they're like I had no idea Bob what Eric. it looked. People I know it 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 like some of the the post faux penis uh, pictures are they look like it, Frankenstein. It's I am not like, even a penis. It's like a balloon. It looks I know. like a balloon. Yeah, it's horrible. You and can I, never use tell, that. You can't. No. And I tell people, like, I try to, I try to tell them as much as I can, as far as like, I try to do these as often as I can. I know it kind of freaks people out, but I'm like, people need to see this. They need to see what is really being sold to these kids. And lo just looking at the pictures, how could anybody say, yes, that child is going to live a full life post uh, surgery? Like, and then I talk about like, the um like some of the biggest issues that the trans people uh complain about as far as like post surgery and you even see what is what is really telling to me now is some of the trans people on TikTok that are you know happy being trans and they're good and whatever you are seeing more and more of them coming out now and saying they regret they're admitting the it yeah there's a big one on there. She's got a huge following and she used to talk all about how she's very open about, you know, the dilation process and all that. A lot of people had no idea about the dilation process. They get floored when I show yeah, them, yeah, yeah. like the pictures of the dilation tools that they have to use and how they go up in size. And they're like, hold up. I'm like, guys, you don't understand. This is an open wound it's a, that yeah, your body it's, is trying to it close, it's trying to heal it. And you were fighting your body to keep that man-made hole open. That's what essentially yeah. is going on here. And there's, there's a girl on there and she like, she's had two surgeries now and she is even coming out more and more and saying how much she regrets having the surgery because it how pain how painful it is how uncomfortable she is now and how it's just it's not like a full life for mm -hmm. her like and you hear um i don't know if you follow him uh buck angel talks a I'm lot a about his, yeah <laughs> so <laughs> buck angel talks a lot about how it it's really like trans people were mainly just transsexual, you know, like yes, they didn't yes. necessarily, they, they live their lives as the other one, but they didn't necessarily they accepted you know, their biology. They accepted yes. it. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's the difference. And then and they lived and they live very happy lives. And that's fine. It's like you're not taking it to the next level where you're like really harming yourself to a point where you can't live a full life. You know, like mm -hmm. you can and and I he he talks a lot about that. And I mean, I love his content and his page and he does a great job of like really guy. highlighting um that point right there because it it's just it's sad like from it's sad like why do we even have to defend this and how are doctors okay with this how are doctors okay with this like this yeah it's money well ultimately the worst thing about it as well is right i used to be under the impression like i never even considered phalloplasty because i knew it had a very low success rate and i'd seen the pictures of the surgeries and i was like that doesn't even look like a dick i don't want that <laughs> you know what i mean it looks terrible and like so i was like no about that but i was always under the impression that the vaginoplasty had a higher success rate and now the horror stories are coming out i'm realizing that's not the case at all they just weren't telling people because Oh my gosh, the stuff I've read in read on Reddit about um the the trans women who they get their vagina made out of the colon and so it smells of feces forever. Yeah. yeah. What? And they get yeah, hair inside there. A, there's a high risk of that prolapsing, and then you will get an infection because basically your feces is mixing with the yeah, oh. it's it's bad. It's and another thing, it's so <laughs> nobody's bad. going down there. I know, like the smell. Could you imagine? No, I don't want to imagine. Let's not <laughs> imagine that. But that's what I Stop mean. Stop that, like, Amy. You I get felt it. so bad for them, like, because I'm like, whoa, like. And then you've got people like, uh, you know, Orange is the New Black. What's her name? Uh, Laverne. Is it Laverne, the, the trans oh, woman on there? Yeah. Laverne Cox. Yeah. Yes. Laverne, Laverne Cox, Cox is on that show. She used to be like, I've got my designer vagina. There ain't nothing design about that. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing designer about that. It's not scary. It's so no. Very scary. You know, I'm very grateful that I grew up in a time where, you know what I mean, that you don't cut off body parts and you don't <laughs> medicalize children. Like, I suffered from borderline personality disorder uh, for a very long time, and I was a cutter. You know, and nobody was like, yeah, if that makes you feel better, you should cut yourself. You know what I mean? And a lot That's of that insane. stuff was uh, that I heard of other people doing it. So I tried it. So I think that this is all through influence. Not that you naturally have these ideas, but due to influences, whether it be, you know, outside sources, maybe through school or, yeah. you know, maybe at home in the internet, or hey, it could be the parents, or, you know, close family members, whatever it is. I don't remember where I had heard it. But I believe that that was, you know, one of yeah. the ways that I thought that dealing with, you know, my pain would help. But nobody ever signed off on that. You know, like, I, like, I'm in my 20s, and I'm having, uh -huh. you know, emotional <laughs> breakdowns, and I'm, you know, completely destroying my body, you know, nobody's saying, you know what, Jana, I know that makes you feel better. So let's just, you know, continue to do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't worry about it. I mean, you might cut an artery. What's a big deal. That's yeah. just an artery. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was never, uh, it, it was never celebrated. So I don't know why people feel the need to celebrate children that are confused yeah. about their gender or, you know, even their sexual orientation, whatever. One of the things yeah, I mean, that really it's... showed me, sorry, carry on. No, go ahead. One of the things that really showed me how bad things are with these doctors and how barbaric they've gotten was there was a girl on TikTok I saw. She must have been about, what, 14, 15, really feminine, very pretty girl. They gave her a double mastectomy. She was there with long hair, makeup, very girly girl, but they still gave her the top surgery. Because so this, this shows this shows they don't care if you're actually trans or not or even uh identifying fully as trans this girl came in looking like a girl and they said yeah sure and i bet they got a nice few thousand bucks for it as well it's all about that money and that girl you know she's gonna regret it because janet i'm telling you that like, she was so girly she was like looked like one of the popular girls you'd see in school right like girly girl she's gonna regret that one day she's gonna regret that one day 
and they did that. They, they just took her at face value. Oh, you don't want breasts? Oh, but we'll cut them off. What? They're willing to do this to anyone now because all they care about is turning you into a medical patient. They do not care about your well-being at all. If they cared about children's well-being, they would see that gender dysphoria is another form of body dysmorphia. And they would try and help these children feel comfortable in their own skin. And they would also teach these children that their parent is their confidant and that they should talk to their parent about this instead of overriding the parents, which they are, and plugging these kids with this propaganda. Because the thing is as well, they used to, therapists, you know, they used to say what they thought was the best thing. Now they're being paid to give an affirmative approach. That means yeah. if a kid comes up to them and says, I think I'm a boy, they're going to say, let's sort that out for you then, sweetie. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah. This is insanity. How, this is a horror movie. This is a How horror is that movie. helpful? How is that helpful? It's not. You know what I mean? Like, because now you're just a mutilated, you know, uh, mentally sick individual. Like that's that's it. Like you that's haven't gotten into the solution. That's exactly why the suicide rate you see it increasing post surgery yeah. because the children who have suffered from being confused and, and I firmly believe a lot of it is there there are other issues going on that mm -hmm. The, the doctors, the parents are not identifying what it is, whether it's whether it's something like PCOS or if it's like sexual abuse, because uh -huh. you hear a lot of the trans people have experienced child sexual abuse. Yes. Um, I am I have I was a, a survivor. I am a survivor of child sexual abuse. I know what it does to, you know, um, somebody I can see how people um, in my position would uh, people like us tend to be re-victimized, easily, you know, uh, susceptible to influence and other things. I feel like there are other things going on with these children. Yes. Um, and, and instead of getting down to the root of it, they're told, yeah, you, there is something absolutely wrong with you. Um, and you are definitely wrong in your existence. So now we have to change all of these things about you and create all of these additional issues. Not only do you have emotional and mental issues, now we're gonna create physical issues for you um, because of the medical intervention that we have. And then the thing is, is that if you try and treat something that is an internal problem with yep. an external solution, you are never going to get any kind mm -hmm. of peace. Involved. No. So these people have, they get these highs, they get these false highs from all of these different steps in the trans process. Yes. But then once you get to that other point, when you get to the point where you're having the surgery and it's done, and then they're like, well, wait a minute, yeah. this didn't fix me. No, It I, made I mean, me worse, you know? So it's like- From experience with this, okay? So like when, before I started medicalization, all I could think about was, I need to get on T, I need to get on T, I need to get on T. And I would watch videos. This is my voice, three months on T. This is my voice, six months on T. And I'd be like, oh, that's going to be me. That's going to be me. It's going to be so great. I'm not going to have to worry anymore. Then you start the testosterone. Then you start looking manly, but then you've got breasts and you start thinking, oh no, I look like a bearded lady. So then you want the top surgery as soon as possible. And then there's a big wait for that. So you've had this thing where you just feel embarrassed about your body until you have the top surgery. Then you get that done. And the healing process is absolutely awful. Like it's really, really awful. And then once you've had the surgeries, this is when the real problem starts because you start to realize that no matter how many surgeries you get, no matter what you do, you're never gonna reach that goalpost because for example, I went out drinking with some friends. I looked like a guy. The bouncer was heavy freaking handed with me because he thought I was a man and I was scared, right? So you're going to find yourself in social situations where you're going to realize you ain't a man. Oh, you ain't a man at all. You're still a woman. Because this guy was dragging me heavy handed like he would pulling someone out like, you know, like they, like they get. And there was me terrified for the first time, like, oh, no. Oh, no. And then they treat you different, too. You're not going to get a man being as nice to you in public. In fact, even if you're if I'm, I've got ADD, right? I, I look around everywhere. You look in the wrong way, he's going to think you're looking at him a certain way and he's going to get funny with you. And like, th this is the thing. And it would be the same for trans women, you know? Like, it is a goalpost that will keep being moved back every time you reach the next marker and you will never, ever receive it, like reach it. No matter what you do, you will never reach that goal. And meanwhile, 
like you said, they're selling it as it's the answer to all your problems. And they're saying to the parents, would you rather have a dead daughter or a live son? Let me tell you something. Your daughter was more likely to kill herself when she transitions and finds out that it didn't work in her favor and nothing's fixed and that she's still broken as she was before because you cannot fix a mental issue. Trans, gender dysphoria is a mental illness. And the fact that they've removed that stigma is very dangerous for people who do have gender dysphoria. Because now they're basically saying, you don't even have to have gender dysphoria anymore. You can just decide that you're trans and they'll, they'll give you the medicalization. How dangerous. Yep. Because it is a mental illness. And I don't get why people are so angry to accept that either. Because, you know, depression seen as a mental illness. Anxiety yep. is a mental illness. There is a lot worse mental illnesses out there than think, feeling like there's something wrong with your body. And but, the moment people I mean... treat that better. It's also the only mental illness that is treated with external solutions. It's every so other extreme. mental illness, every other mental illness is treated with therapy, with like medical intervention, but with like mood stabilizers, with anxiety medicine, with things that will help whatever is wrong. But this mental illness is treated with actual physical medical intervention and it's the only one and no one stops and says hey wait a minute why it's the modern day lobotomy everybody yeah. this is why i say it every time because it is because they're sterilizing the children <clears throat> it, it's very true i mean and it's it's crazy to me it's just like there's so many different mental illnesses out there and they're like oh don't stigmatize mental illness and don't make it such a bad thing well, <laughs> well <laughs> if that is the truth and that is what you're trying to push then why are you putting that stigma on being trans on having gender dysphoria like we can accept it and move on i mean which led me to like do you feel like you still struggle with gender dysphoria at 30 years old? Or do you feel like that you, you know, have kind of maybe grown out of it or, you know, what? These are the same people who are telling you that sex isn't binary as well, people. These are the same people, yet they, but they're telling kids that they have to medicalize to reach. Sorry, how contradicting. If it's not binary, do you really have to medicalize? Yeah, they play themselves every time. It just should, I mean, just in your imagination, just imagine they have, you know, whatever it is that you want. Because, you know, it doesn't, like, reality isn't really in existence for you if you can be a cat or a dog or, you know what I mean? Like, that, like it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, yeah. we're not in reality, so you can be whatever you want without medically, like, changing anything. Like, just be a cat that is a human <laughs> being on, you know, meowing. Like, just Roll be face. that. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm totally cool with that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's very healthy. That shows that you're very creative, you know? And, like, instead of using some of these things to encourage children to get out of themselves and to explore themselves and see what they want to be as they've grown up. Like, I think that a lot of people focus on uh, gender dysphoria. They, they focus on uh, uh, who you sleep with rather than, you know, focusing on good character, uh, focusing on different hobbies and kind of like researching who you want to be because, you know, you would think that, you know, parents and doctors would want functioning members of society, yeah. not, not mutilated mental illness patients. You know yeah. what I mean? Who are going to be dependent upon society for the rest of their lives too. The, uh, the movie, the movie Idiocracy was a documentary. It's a documentary. <laughs> That's what's happening. We're going to be there yeah. soon. Gen Z are already pretty close to being idiots. That's true. You're right. <laughs> like, and I don't even feel like I'm that smart. You know what oh, I mean? No. Like, I'm <laughs> no. like, I'm like, like, I'm trying to like really like break it down. Like, I even like have to really think on it because I'm just like, am I just so much smarter than people? Like, <laughs> or y'all are just like so much dumber. Well, like, I mean, just years. a whole nother generation because things just don't make sense when uh -huh. they're saying it out loud. You repeat it to them and you're banned. I'm like, I, I literally just, just a little bit slower, mm -hmm. just said what you said 
And that's considered hate speech. Yeah. The last You're transphobic. I know. Yeah, the, the last few years has I've seen, I'm sure you guys have seen the same, but like I, I've noticed that people that I thought were really smart are actually really stupid. <laughs> like I've just I've been like, whoa. What happened? Like, what happened to you? Your brain cells just went. <laughs> I'm grateful for common sense. Yeah. So Matt, that's all it is. Where where do you feel like if you didn't, if you had someone at the gender clinic that stopped and said, you know, hey, let's you know, let's explore your holistic view. Let's see if there's anything else medically going on with you. Um, and say you did have like PCOS or say it was something where they said, Hey, you know, maybe let's not medically transition right now. Maybe get into therapy. Where, where do you, where do you think you would have ended up? What do you think your life would have been like? Um, I mean, I would be lying if I said I wouldn't have been confused by it because of the emotions I'd had my whole life, but who would I be to question my doctor who I trusted and was meant to tell me the truth? You know, that's why I didn't question the intersex thing. So even though I would have been a bit like, oh, I, I would have been willing to explore it. And, you know, there's a chance the feelings might have still persisted. Who knows? But if they hadn't, then I don't think I would have gone down the route because I would have realized it could have been that. You know, like I, I've always been someone who, well, I'm skeptical of them now, but before I would have taken their word at face value because I thought they actually cared. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because it, like, it's almost like you have more more uh, faith in these doctors and the people around you that's saying, hey, Matt, like, there's nothing wrong with you, you know, like, yeah. you, like you're, even though you feel I... this way, you know what I mean? Like, well, you don't understand. That's not true. Like, this is really what's going on. And then when you found a doctor that agreed and affirmed to what you believed was the truth, you know what I mean? And it's like, it wasn't that necessarily, you know, like, that's just the way I, I see it is like, it's really sad is that, you know, society encourages you to believe medical uh, professionals rather than, you know, your parents and the people that are around you on a daily basis and see you as who you really are, you mm -hmm. know, rather than who you think you are, you know, and that's always changing. Like I'm uh, like I'm 40 years old. I've lived four different lifetimes. I am completely different than who I was when I was 10. Mm -hmm. And I'm completely different than who I was when I was 20. Yeah. And I'm completely different than who I was when I was 30. So it's just like to make these permanent decisions on temporary problems just break my heart. Like I'm so grateful that I had, you know, enough support in my life to encourage me that things would get better and it's mm -hmm. really sad that these kids like they don't have that like they're yeah. being told that they're in the wrong body like a child is in the wrong body like you know people get mad when kids bully each other i mean but you're you know socially accepting that you know children are born in the wrong body that don't make sense yeah that don't make sense it doesn't it doesn't it's wrong it, it's pure Do evil you seem to have like supportive parents. Like they weren't like telling you, um, you know, that you were born in the wrong body. They were just kind of being supportive and listening to your, um, your, I guess, you know, your expression of what you were feeling. Would you say then that it wasn't necessarily like, I, would you say like the biggest disappointment and the biggest turning point for you was putting your faith in the doctors? Um, and not necessarily like your family or what, what would be like the biggest, like that biggest turning point where you said, you know, this is probably the point where had this been a little different, I maybe would have taken a different path or explored different things. At the time when my parents would say these things to me, I thought they were so mean and they weren't understanding me like kids do. They, they don't realize that like. In a lot of cases, your parents just want the best for you. Like, I know there's exceptions of some bad people out there, but yeah. your parent is your first ever confidant. They loved you first. They brought you into the world, you know, and they just want to, they want what's best for you. But at the time, because I was so wrapped up in it all, I thought they're not understanding me. They're not listening to me. I thought they were so mean. But looking back, they did everything they could. They tried to, they gave me 
options that would have kept me in my own skin and I could have been happy in my own skin. They, they, they always let me express myself. They let me cut my hair short. They let me wear soccer kits. They let me like, they, they, they let me be a kid who was androgynous. They let me, but as a kid and not understanding, you know, I didn't even understand what trans really was, even though I felt like it at the time, you know, I was a kid. And so, um, looking back from an adult perspective, I really wish that a lot more parents can be ex in this situation could be like my parents were, but in the moment I couldn't see the blessing in front of me. So I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I trusted the, my doctors because it felt like they were listening what I wanted. But when yeah. I think about it, they were listening to what I wanted because they wanted the money. <laughs> it's like, right. It wasn't because they wanted the best for you. Like my parents did. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I have, I have parents that follow me on, um, IG and I've had a few like reach out and talk to me about their struggles with their trans kids, because I think they're probably what you're expressing, how you were as a teenager. We're all like that. It doesn't matter if we're yes. trans. <laughs> you know, dysphoric or not, we all go through points where we're teenagers and we hate our parents. They yeah. are stupid. They don't know anything. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm never going to believe anything that you say. So I get it. Um, and I hear them talk about, you know, like their struggles and they're just trying to like love their children and they don't want to be alienated. But a lot of them are being alienated because of the grip that the trans people cult has on them. Yes. What would be some advice that you would give parents like that on what they could do? Um, what would be the best thing that they could do to try and stay connected to their children and not alienate them and, you know, come off as genuinely like loving parents, which they are, but how, how would, how would they be most uh, well received from, you know, trans children or what, what would be your opinion? or advice on that? Uh, first of all, depending on the age group, obviously, um, if they were really young, I would get the parents to uh, keep an eye on what they're consuming on social media because TikTok is terrible for this stuff. There is people like that pronoun queen. You've probably seen her or identifies oh God, as a blanket and people frog. clap her. They clap her for it, you know? Like for inanimate yeah, objects, uh, it's insane. That's her. That's her. Insane. I, I, I have no word. But um, <laughs> so they go over frog, frog pronouns. So, <laughs> She's like, so like if they're really young check that they're not going on stuff like that also be like my parents were and let them express themselves through their clothing clothing's not going to damage them for the rest of their life hair if they're a girl is going to grow back if they end up being girly again you know just emphasize like hey medicalization it's really dangerous right now you might think i'm the worst parent in the world for this but i'm looking out for you but in the meantime you want to get your hair cut or if it's a if it's a boy you want to get some extensions go ahead you want to dress like this go ahead let them express themselves because those are reversible things anyone mm -hmm. can put different clothes a lot of the tomboy girls as well they grow out of it once they reach later teenage life you know they it's being a being a girl growing up at first is hard you start having periods no girl wants a period but before you know when you're young as well you don't necessarily like the idea of having to have a baby one day it's like a gift later on but at the time it's like i don't want to carry a baby so a yeah. lot of girls a lot of girls are tomboys they are so many girls have always said to me i don't like hanging out with girls because they're bitchy i get on with boys better like <laughs> i was that girl <laughs> so, you know like that was me too and so you know yeah like there's that tomboy phase it, it happens a lot with girls and there's been a higher there's been a higher rate of girls who think they're boys then there are boys who think they're girls because the girls are being told if they like cars of the color blue they need to have medicalization and tomboys don't exist anymore you know it's a really My dangerous color thing. is blue yep yeah why don't you just let them do you know like play softball yeah like, let just them be themselves be a regular gay woman them. <laughs> you know what i mean like just play softball like you know get in activities i think that's a lot of it too is that like, you know, these Get kids the are so consumed <laughs> with the TV, with the monitor screen, what so-and-so's doing. Like yep. when my nephew comes over, like he's like, you know, oh, let me play this video. No, like, are you here with me or are you here for this video game? Because like, like he, we take him, I take him out to eat. 
there's no phones. Like he's having conversations Mm -hmm. with the people that were at dinner. We're not playing that. Like, you know what? If you act up, I'm going to flick you in your ear. And you know what I mean? Like we're going to pay attention. We're going to be mindful and have conversation. So that way that teaches them. This is like, who do you want teaching your child? You want you to teaching your child or do you want to teach your child what, you know, good character is, uh, what good manners are, you know, how to listen to others. Like these are the things that you get to teach your kid, you know, and don't let TikTok do that. Like that just irritates me to no end. And I know a lot of people will be like, oh, well, I work and I do this. Like there's an excuse every day of the week and that whether you have kids or you don't Mm -hmm. right is that we all have excuses so we all fall short on this but you know the truth is it is negatively affecting your child's life or your life Uh maybe you should pay attention to it just for a second the, the last bit of advice i would give and i don't mean this bad towards some parents but like you said just now, where they do work all day and stuff, sometimes they haven't got the attention span. Some parents listen to your child because there are situations where kids, teenagers, they try and speak to their parents and the parents' immediate thing is, I'm busy right now. I'm busy right now. Yeah. And that's going to lead to them seeking that validation from mm-hmm. these toxic people from rather than else. you. So let them express themselves. Give them a shoulder to cry on if they need it, and and an ear. Like, listen to them when they need you. Explain Mm. to them that there's nothing wrong with them. They're perfect how they are, and there's nothing wrong with them feeling like they do either. But explain to them the dangers of medicalization at the age they are. Because the thing is, right, I'm at the point where I don't even think it's safe for adults at this point either. But an adult, they're going to do what they want to do, no matter what you tell them. They have that free will, they're going to take it. So as the parent, it's down to them to say, look, I can't let you medicalize right now because of the risks, but I'll let you wear what you want. I'll let you have your hair how you want. You can hang out with who you want within reason. (laughs) They're not bad people, you know what I mean? But that, when I think about it, is the perfect way to love your child through this situation because you're being compassionate. You're looking out for them, their best interests. And if they're still a brat about it, don't worry because in a few years' time, they'll be loving you for it rather than turning around to you and hating you for the rest of their life because you let them do something that has ruined them forever. What would you rather have? It's not, it's a, it's a, would you rather have an angry bratty kid for a few years or one who will never forgive you? It's it's an easy choice to make, isn't it? Like it's, it's, it's a no brainer really, because you're then going to have a wonderful I mean, they're going to be angry and bratty anyway. Yeah, it's kids. (laughs) That's how children are. That's, that's great advice. And I think that that's really important. What you said last is to, listen to your children. Don't alienate your kids um, because you're right. I find, and like Austin talked about this, um, that the kids, the trans kids that are probably feeling like they are um, not loved at home and they are alienated by um, their parents, they go to like these community centers for the LGBTQ. and, And then they get indoctrinated by this stuff. And that's where Austin was, where Austin, you know, was like a mentor there. And um, there were like seven other trans friends that he had and um, and they all met at this community center. But this is where they were. They were all taught like you you have to transition. You have to go the medical route. You know, you have to do all of this stuff and that's the point where you don't want your child to feel like they have to turn to places like Uh that because then that's when you run a really high risk of losing your kid like you know you're going to lose them they may eventually come back to you but it's going to be after they've already done so much damage to their Mm -hmm. bodies that not only are they still emotionally and mentally you know, screwed up. Now they've got the added physical aspect of yeah. it. Um, and, and that's tough. Obviously we see that that is really tough to recover from. It's something that you're never really fully going to recover from as you are personally experiencing yourself. Um, so that's really good advice. Where, um, what do you think your biggest challenges, like you personally, what are your biggest challenges moving forward? 
for you that you're going to have to deal with? Uh, well, I've been trying to get hold of a neurologist. I also need some be uh, behavioral therapy now because I get ticks that come and go from the neurological issues. So I'm having to deal with that. But in regards to how I, I'm going to deal with all of this, I want to see this barbaric stuff banned in every, all 50 states. That's what I want. And until that happens, I'm not going to rest. And then I will be at peace with my health issues too, because it can't yeah. happen to the kids. That you is feel like I will be at peace. There, there's a reason behind it. Like you've done, you've gone through this suffering because you are setting the example. And I think that's another people like you are great. You know, showing your content, watching your stuff is great for parents with children of trans kids mm -hmm. and it's content that you're they're trans or they are thinking trans child should absolutely watch too you know instead of getting sucked into the lgbtq whatever you know support centers or whatever like people from like the trevor project there are so mm -hmm. many organizations out there that are out there to infiltrate these children and literally uh -huh. latch onto them like leeches and i feel like more people need to be showing your kind of content, you know, exposing that so that these kids can see what the reality is of what's really going on and they can make sound decisions. And you know, what's interesting too, is to find out who's donating to these places. Oh yeah. And those are the real predators yep. because I don't say that these people are giving this money and not getting anything in return other it's than a tax write-off. No, that's well, not what's happening. Especially when they're wolves in sheep clothing, like Caitlyn Jenner pretending they care, but donating all the money to it at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yep. <laughs> That's interesting. I know. There's a ton of people. They don't pay attention to that. They do not yep. pay attention to um, all of these like big companies, these big organizations, these politicians, these actors, um, people like Caitlyn Jenner, who mm -hmm. are pouring money into programs like the Trevor project, which is that I say that one, because that's one of the most well-known so out there. And they're, they're the ones that are out there, like, you know, uh, secretly sending your kids binding, uh, equipment and teaching, trying to teach them how to make, uh, a dick and, you know, balls so that you can put it in your pants. Like, like, what are, what are, what are you I, doing? I, I, it's terrible. It's, it, it's it's just disturbing it like is. that they're so sexual like they, that they, they think it's so sexualized for <clears throat> what like i mean why i don't you know, know. other than seen, for, I when i was 15 and what what i was like talking about and doing and like thinking about i it, never like i wasn't even thinking of sex yet yeah no like I like, really I mean, wasn't. I, I had huge boobs like overnight. I was worried about like hiding my boobs because I didn't want to like, you know, I didn't want men to look at me. That's where I was, you know, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. where I was. Am I? I wanted to dress with like oversized shirts and all this stuff because I didn't want to be like that, that girl that had like yeah. huge boobs, you know, whenever she was like 15 years old and everyone else has got like these little mosquito bites and there I am with like bees walking around high school. <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> like, it's just a, it's a weird time for children to be growing. Well, yeah. we are really grateful that you came onto yeah. the show. Matt, where can they find you? To, I'm going to put yeah. it in the okay. notes, but where can they find can you? I, can I come on again in the future? This is really fun. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we could have a great conversation. I, I have we'll do, some. Uh, we can some, do a live uh, one. We can advertise fun, yeah. a live streaming one and people can call in and, um, and ask you questions and stuff. That would probably be one awesome. that people would love to talk to you. Um, or voice is so important these days. It's probably the most important voice out there. Unfortunately, you've had to deal with struggles. <laughs> you are turning this in, you know, to being used for and, good though. It's being used for yeah, good. <laughs> it's, a greater purpose. it's a greater purpose in life. And I feel like that's really God's work. He's working through you right now. So where where can they find you? I am on um, X and Instagram as It's Matt Ray. 
And then I'm on TikTok as still Matt Ray because they deleted me. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm still that's here, guys. I'm you. still here. <laughs> so that's Matt how I Ray. met him. It's Matt Ray on IG and X. And then um, still Matt Ray. Still Matt. <laughs> still Matt Ray. Still Matt. All right. Perfect. I, but I'm definitely going to put it in the show notes, folks. And then. Um, I'll make sure to add a story too to my page and make sure people go and follow you too, because again, I think you're doing amazing work and thank you. You, um, people like you, it's just, is so incredibly important to get that message out there. Like you said, even if it saves one child, I feel it's like worth that it, isn't it? one's yep. worth it. <laughs> like it's crazy. Well, you know, Thank you again, Matt. And I'll tell you, like, watch watching your videos when I first started uh, on TikTok just really made me want to uh, get involved in what you did. And Matt has actually contacted me to uh, join Gays Against Rumors. I I love her content. (laughs) It's so funny. I always like the way you're like, this is super awesome lesbian. And can you believe (laughs) you say stuff is so funny. (laughs) Either you love me or you hate me. There's just definitely no in between, (laughs) but I just wanted to say, you know, thank you so much. You're awesome. You are super awesome. Yes. Thank you again. And we will definitely have you back. We are absolutely going to do like a live stream. I can't wait for that. So, so far. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, Matt. Take care. Take care.